back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Saturday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, another day, another Dolphins practice. We are going to run it back for the fifth time this week with another day of pads popping football. Plus, we'll hear from Brian Flores and the three rookie draft picks along the offensive line. As we get audio from Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, and Solomon Kinley. All of that and more on this Saturday training camp, August the 22nd edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. We're going to get Coach Flores on here in just one second. But first, before we do that, as the official wellness provider and sports medicine provider of the Miami Dolphins, Baptist Health is ready and committed to continue caring for you safely. This pandemic has reminded us that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals character. It's also taught us that our health is truly what matters most. We have the power to protect each other by wearing a mask. So, who do you wear a mask for? Mask up South Florida, keep caring, live healthy, stay strong, and learn more at baptisthealth.net slash coronavirus. And as we do here on the training camp editions of the Drive Time Podcast, we're going to start off first with hearing from Coach Flores, who had some really in-depth answers on Saturday morning's media availability. A lot of questions about the offensive linemen up front because we are later going to talk to Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, and Solomon Kinley. The first question for Flores was about Austin Jackson, but of course, that always gives Coach a chance to expand upon his rookies and his entire roster in general. Austin, you know, along with, you know, the other rookies, he's, he's obviously learning. He's improving on a daily basis. This is a, a talented kid, tough. Uh, he's smart. Um, and he is, you know, like all the young players, all the rookies, all the, all the rookie players, he's, he's improving every day. He's, he's getting better. He works at it. He's doing extra in the meeting, doing extra on the field in practice. It's important to him. Um, he's making mistakes like everyone on the team is. I mean, none of us are perfect, you know, to myself included. And, uh, you know, he's learning from them, and I think he's getting better. Uh, he's getting better on a daily basis, and that's the case with Austin and Robert Hunt and Kinley and, you know, all of our all of our rookie alignment. Up next, some great news. Yeah, Fitz will be out there today. Short and sweet regarding Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Up next, Coach was asked about linebacker Jerome Baker, who left Friday's practice with trainers, and Coach talking about him trying to get ready to get back to practice today. If not, he's day-to-day. You know, Jerome's taking this, you know, it's day-to-day. Um, he's getting treatment. He's doing everything uh, uh, he can to get, be- to, to, to get better. Guys get nicked up in training camp. We're out there in pads. It's hot. You know, he's kind of going through some, uh, some treatment, you know, this morning, last night. Um, you know, this is going to come down right to the wire whether or not we can get him out there today. So we'll see. Overall health of the football team has been good so far. Knock on wood, of course, there. Up next, Coach was asked about his own experiences going from year one as a rookie head coach into year two, the things that he has learned and how he's applied those so far here in year number two. He was also asked about the TNT wall and why the Dolphins are not using it this year in a shortened off season, trying to get more reps. Here's Coach's answer about maximizing the reps on the practice field every single day. From a scheduling standpoint, you know, there's only so much time we can be out there, especially in the early part. So it was 90 minutes the first day, an hour and 45. So I just wanted to, you know, there's not a, a, as much time as there is. So as far as like running to the wall or or anything like that, um, you know, I just 
I'd rather just get, get, get on to the next play and not lose a rep for for um, another guy, which, you know, in other years, that, that's not the case. You have enough time to do that and get the, get all the reps in. So um, as a staff, we're kind of running off the field because we hit our 90 minutes or we hit our hour 45 or we hit our two hours. Uh, we're at the point in training camp now where um, we do have enough time. So we, 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 we could incorporate that, but um, the, the, don't worry. I, I, I hammer these guys when they're, when we have penalties pretty good in the meetings. Um, um, you can ask them about it. Um, and it's not something we take lightly at all. Um, I just felt like, you know, we're better off like, like we would in the game. Let's just move on and move on to the next play. And I'll we'll hammer time them later in the day. Stop. Hammer time. They are going to get on those guys for having penalties later in the day. Love to hear Coach talk about that. Love to hear him say he maximizes the time on the football field. Very forward-thinking coach we have here in Miami. And just a good example of how he's not a coach who is stuck in his ways. Always good to be evolving and learning, especially in this business. Speaking of learning and evolving, up next, Coach was asked about the three rookie offensive linemen draft picks, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, and Solomon Kinley, and if there's an experience factor that goes into the decision about who starts on opening day and if it could be those three guys in the lineup. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the guys who, who perform the best, they're going to play. I'd say the offensive line unit's a little, little different in that you need five guys who who perform well together. Um, so there's some communication that goes with that. There's some experience that goes with that. Um, we'd have to get all three of them up to speed pretty quickly to, to, uh, to do that. But look, if they're the five most talented players and that gives us the best chance to, to have some success, then, you know, we're going to have to, we would have to do that. Um, We've got some some veteran players, you know, you know, Dieter, who's played a lot, Jesse Davis, who's played a lot, Davenport, who's played a lot, and so the question becomes: Do you do you play the three young guys, or do you play, um, you know, a combination of you know two two of the young guys, one of the one, one of the young guys, all three? I mean, there's so many different combinations, and you know, we've got some other guys who played um, and started some games, so we just have to find out what the best five guys off from a communication standpoint from a, and from a talent standpoint. And, you know, we'll try to put the best team in, but you know, we're, we're, we're the three young guys. They're playing well. Um, they're learning their improvement. They're improving. Are they ready to jump in, you know, and play 60, 70 snaps today? Unlikely, you know, given, you know, not having not played um, in an NFL game and not feeling the speed of the game. And, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be ready to play a 60 minute game right, right on the onset. So I mean, we could see different combinations on the old line as well as other positions. Interesting note there about combinations across different positions in the first couple of weeks of the season. Up next coach was asked about how the quarterbacks looked to a tongue of Iloa and Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick's absence at Friday's practice. I thought they both made some good throws on um, They both made some not so good throws. Every day is a little bit different and you know, how practice is structured early down you know, third down, red zone, two minute. Uh, we just want to see them in those those different scenarios. See how see how uh, if, if they could be successful in, in in those areas. Look, they're both working hard. They're both improving, and every play, you know, for both guys, and they're both young. Every play for both guys is a good experience for them. Uh, it's a learning experience, and I think they're improving and getting better. Um, specifically in those situations, in the red area, the, the, the look. There's less field, so they're, they're tighter throws and there's smaller windows. You got to make a really good throw and a really good catch, and you got to you know we got to catch the ball into tight windows with receivers playing tight man coverage, and there's just not as much field. Um, I think you know you ever think everyone can can understand that. So um, 
how we evaluate them in that area of the field is different than uh, when we're in in the actual field. You know, not not necessarily the red zone, but you know the rest of the field. Um, and it's also different now we evaluate them in two minute and the decision making, which also includes the clock and timeouts and things of that nature. So the evaluation is not just, hey, how many, did you know, did he complete or how many, you know, it's not. It, it, there's a lot that goes into it. So um, I think they're both improving and getting better. Again, more good insight there from coach on the rookie quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, and third-year quarterback, Josh Rosen, as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick about how they evaluate these quarterbacks out here on the practice field. A lot more goes into it than just practice statistics, which, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Up next, coach was asked about Miles Gaskin, second-year running back, seventh-round draft pick back in 2019, who's shown well in camp and progressing from the course of the time he was picked last year all the way up through today at training camp. I think Miles has done a very good job. Really, I would say, really improved over the course of last season. Um, really, from OTAs to mini camp to training camp, you can see kind of the growth throughout the season. He's playing well, running it, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, his blocking's improved. Um, look, like I tell, I tell him, like I tell all the other players, their role is going to be what they make it. So if you go out there, you continually make plays and uh, handle your responsibility and. You're someone we can depend on. Uh, we're we're going to find a role for you, and um, if you're productive, along with being dependable, along with being you know doing things you know the right way, really on off the field, um, then you know you could have a really big role. Uh, that's kind of what we tell every player. Well, it doesn't matter if you're a rookie, a veteran, undrafted, drafted. Uh, you know that's the standard. And we're going to try to you know, hold the guys to that. And I think Miles has done a good job of doing everything he can off the field, on the field, um, to make himself the best player he can be. And that's you know, you know, showing up you know a little bit in practice. But again, in this league, it's got to show up you know in practice, in games, and it's you got to you got to have consistency. So you know that's what we we try to stress to the guys, um, Miles, along with really every other player. Your role is going to be what you make it. Love that quote there from Coach. Here's a question from Joe Shad that I plan on asking Robert Hunt later on today in his media availability about the jump in competition from the Sun Belt to the NFL. And Coach talks about the jump for rookies in general going to the NFL and how much different it is playing in college compared to the professional ranks in the National Football League. Uh, for Robert specifically, but really it's for all rookies. This isn't, it's different from college. You know, the speed of the game, the, the, the amount of time that, you know, we put in compared to, to, you know, what they're doing in college. There's no classes, you know, and they're not trying to, you know, they're not, you know, working on protections against a blitz, you know, what four different blitz looks. I don't know what classes they're taking, you know, doing psychology class. They're like, that's not, that's not part of this. So um, the amount of time, you know, they, they, they're, they're asked to, to spend, uh, not just football, but but from a treatment standpoint, from a weightlifting standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint. You know, in this league, you've got to be you've got to try to be good in all those areas uh, to be the best version of yourself on the field. And that's kind of what we try to coach to these all players, specifically the young ones. Um, the competition, uh, you know, Sun Belt, ACC, Ivy League, it's going to be better. It just that's just what it is. You know, the receivers in this league, you know, just talking about, you know, I've talked to, to, to our young DBs, Noah Brandon, you know, our receivers are in this league, are they're good. They're fast, they're big, they got good hands, they're quick, um, and it's no different than, than on the O-line, you know, and that's an adjustment for Kinley, you know, who played in SEC, and Austin, who played in the Pac-12, and Robert, you know, 
Jones played in the Sun Belt. Defensive linemen in this league are, you know, they're fast, they're, they're big, they're fast, they're strong, they're mean. So, and they, they, they bring it every play. So we've got to bring it every play. Um, so that's the, that's the message to Robert, Austin, Kinley, Hubbard, you know, all the guys who are here. It's a message to the veteran offensive linemen as well. You, know, you try to you get complacent and think you got it. You know, you're going right, to get hit right in the mouth. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And then we were back on the practice field for the fifth training camp practice so far here in 2020. Just a couple of individual notes here from the pre-practice portion. We start off as we do daily with the pre-practice notes. Obviously, you heard Flores say that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be back on the field, and he was. No Jerome Baker, though, on Saturday, but you did hear Coach say that Jerome is day-to-day. I got a photo of Eric Flowers walking out from the building onto the practice field with those workout bands and the harness, that apparatus that he uses with the young offensive lineman, who we'll hear from here in just one second. That's been a daily thing for Eric Flowers. I put it up on Twitter if you want to go check that out, at Wingfield NFL. I had Kalen Balaj as a big fan of the music choices out there. He is feeling it every single day during stretching, dancing more so than anybody right now, which is a surprise because both Jakeem and Devontae and Jerome, when he's out there, all can challenge him in that regard. And something I noted about the offensive lineman up front, speaking of Eric Flowers and leading that group, and you'll hear Solomon talk about this later on in this podcast, are his movement abilities. And man, he was doing some pulling and some stuff, getting out in space, and he can flat out scoot. He gets out there, gets squared up to the line of scrimmage, and just moves really, really well for a 335-pounder. Then I kept an eye on the cornerback drills a little bit, moving to the other side of the field, and watched Byron Jones go through this punch, flip, and locate the ball drill, where you punch the bag, turn around, run upfield, and find the football and make a play on it. And he just looks so smooth in all of those assets aspects of the game the pat pat flip turn around elevate find the ball at the highest point he just looks like a stud out there every single day and watching those defensive backs work with how to deal with stacks the communication out there is very apparent you see a stack formation where you have receivers on top of each other it creates confusion in the way you press and that type of thing those guys were doing such a good job of being very animated in their discussions obviously i can't hear it but you see the coaches and players kind of giving it back and forth to each other it goes back to the comment we had on the podcast yesterday about a high level of engagement with the players and the coaches guys very very in tune to what's going on then I come back over to the wide receivers and man Devontae Parker's hands are pretty absurd the coaches throw them the balls in these individual drills and they're never really that accurate because they're just coaches but he makes them look so easy like he's playing with a nerf ball just plucking it with one hand then we come back to another drill where it's working on getting in and out of breaks and then over to the sideline coming around the backside of a tackling dummy you catch the ball and drag your toes he did that again one hand while dragging the toes and it just looks so effortless for Devontae Parker. Very, very skilled wide receiver, as we all know. I also really enjoy watching the linebackers in the spot drop drill. I find it very aesthetically pleasing to watch them and how perfectly coordinated they are as they work in tandem there to get to the hook zone to find that spot on their zone coverage on defense there they work really well in that drill individually and I haven't talked a lot about this guy but he's been very active on the field so far I noted him with a really nice win as a blitzer in one-on-one drills against the backs he also came back later in coverage and had a nice pass breakup Sam Egwavon remember he was near the top of the leaderboard last year in quarterback pressures among all linebackers in the NFL Now, granted, he did rush more than most, but even with a much deeper room this year, I think he's got a really nice role as a coverage slash specialist type of player on that defense. Then 
I avert my eyes back over to the running backs. And you got to be a damn hawk out there, man, because things are going on all over the field. Haven't talked a lot about this guy either, but Patrick Laird, I really enjoyed watching him work in the passing drills. Running back routes can be a little bit funky because you have a swing route or a flat route, and that has you running has you running parallel to the quarterback, which is a really weird angle for both the running back and the quarterback to make that work. But he transitions out of those very, very smoothly. Just looks like a smooth back in the passing game, like we saw last year, like we saw in college at Cal. I wanted to play closer attention to the tight end and safety battles on the field on Saturday, and I got some goods on that front. First up, Mike Gesicki. He can flat out move. They were running these wheel routes to the backside of the formation on air, and all the tight ends were doing it, and there was a distinct difference in the way 88 moved compared to the rest of the group. And on top of that, this will come from the one-on-ones, but it's relevant here. Mike Gesicki does so much better, I think, than he did his rookie season. We saw it develop last year as well, but this year in training camp, really noticing it with strength and contact balance through that contact from the defensive back. He can get through his route while being challenged without really much of an issue, and he stays on his feet and stays strong at the point there. I think that's really going to make him tough to cover down in the red zone or really anywhere on the field for that matter. Then we go into some one-on-ones, and again, I kept a close watch on the safeties and tight ends, but also on the linebackers and running backs as they were doing some passing drill work at safety. It's such a treat to watch Eric Rowe work against tight ends down in the trash, down in the line of scrimmage, fighting the hand fight and going up against the running game that way. Very technically sound, plays it super aggressive. He's the one to initiate contact, plays it physical, and I thought the same was true of Brandon Jones out there on Saturday. Both those guys working very well in a variety of roles on that defense. Just a few bullet points that I jotted down here from practice notes. Elandon Roberts has been putting guys on the ground all week long. He did it again today in the individual drills. It was a pass block versus blitzing, and he ran somebody over like Jack Parkman did in Major League. At linebacker, Tyson Render. I just wrote down that he has an impressive-looking body. He's very long and well-built for the position. He looks weird out there at number 64, but his body definitely looks the part of an edge rusher slash linebacker type. At running back, Patrick Laird does really well to be aggressive, like I talked about with Eric Rowe to approach the block and get his nose up in there before the block before the rusher can get to him that's how you have to win in pass blocking as a running back and speaking of linebackers on running backs, I had Ray Quad McMillan with a very nice sidestep on Chandler Cox to get a pressure on the quarterback there in that one-on-one drill. And then Egwavon also put another running back on the ground with his work in that drill. Going back to the one-on-ones for the quarterbacks here, Tua, I thought, was throwing the ball very, very well in these drills. Not necessarily a great indicator without a pass rush coming at them, but you can always see the accuracy and the timing and the feel he has in those drills, the intentional ball placement. I saw one where Clayton Fedulum had Adam Shaheen dead to rights in coverage, but Tua throws an absolute seed up high and away, and Shaheen went up and rebounded it like a power forward. Very nice work there from the quarterback to the tight end. And then the next play, it's a different throw, but again to a tight end. He runs a route with a DB over the top of him, so Tua has to kind of set that thing down and drills it low on the back hip, and that location was just pristine for Chris Myrick to make a catch on that play. So good work there with ball placement. A few other notes here. I check out the cornerbacks. I see Nick Needham make a play on the football once again. That's been the case all week for him. Very good start to camp for the Dolphins' second-year cornerback out of UTEP. All right, how about some plays from practice, the big plays from the team period of Saturday's practice. 
At one point, Raekwon Davis had his jersey ripped off because he came back with a plain aqua jersey on without numbers. It's actually he and Austin Jackson, as we'll hear later in the interview portion of the podcast, that got the jersey there off of Raekwon Davis. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Little Giants or something, but don't mistake this guy for a Little Giant. My goodness, he is a large giant, and he makes it work. He is a bull in a china shop. He had a pass breakup on the very first play. He had some really impressive battles with Solomon Kinley. We'll talk about that again more later on in this podcast. They were just getting physical, and both guys were taking turns, really moving each other out of the gap, power on power. I might need to go back and watch some of those Bama-Georgia games and get a good look at those matchups because these guys are playing some good football. Then Davis gets a pass breakup. I had him with a huge tackle for loss and goal line work where he took the lineman and basically used him to tackle the running back for a loss in the backfield. And honestly, he did that a couple of times in practice just on Saturday alone. He's really getting after it out there. Dominant player for long stretches of play during Saturday's practice. Speaking of TFLs, we had Kamu Gruje hill on the podcast or on the interview yesterday. He blew up a play for a huge loss. The running back tried his side. He sniffs it out and comes down and makes a play four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Might have been even more. And speaking of Solomon Kinley going back to blocking Raekwon Davis, one thing you'll really notice is the execution of double teams has been so nice so far. Very common block in football, but the combo block, I've seen this line really get it done from all guys, whether it's Kinley, Karras, Flowers, Davis, Jackson, Hunt, Dieter, Isadora. It's been good work from a lot of those guys getting those combo blocks taken care of. On the offensive line, I had plenty of praise yesterday for Austin Jackson, and I think he continued that today. I don't recall any pressure coming from his side, and he had a run block where he completely collapsed the edge for a huge lane. Eric Flowers kind of holds the point, and then Jackson comes down and wipes it out, creates a big gap. Those two guys working really well together across the board there. I just can't wait to watch this offensive line get some real season action because I think they're playing well. I want to see how that translates to the regular season. Out wide, Devontae Parker and Brandon Jones continue to do battle as they have all week long. Both guys scored some wins as they have all week. They've been going back and forth, trading off wins and losses. At the end of practice in two minute, Parker went up for what looked like one of those classic Devontae Parker high points. Going to be another 30, 35 yard gain. But Jones stays with the play, gets his hands in between Devontae's and separates them for a really nice pass breakup and push the offense back the other direction. Good on good when those two guys match up. Parker did get Jones, though, and I thought this was really cool. He talked about working on his comeback routes earlier this week when he did media availability here on the podcast, a route that's been pretty challenging to sell or going to be challenging to sell on a defensive back with such great athletic ability like Byron Jones. But Devontae ran that comeback, caught the football right around 15, 13 yards, and then sprinted up the sideline for another 10 yards or so. Again, good battle, strong on strong there when Parker and Jones tee it up. How about quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick? He was back out there and looked really sharp on Saturday. He was throwing on time and on target. He moved the offense down the field very nicely in a two-minute drill at the end of practice. And for what would have been a game-winning field goal in that scenario, I assume, off the foot of Jason Sanders, who continues to make all of his field goals. He also had a number of good tight window throws. The first one I really was impressed by was an unblocked rusher on third and short. And a lot of times you'll have that by design where you draw the defender up out of the flat part of the field so you can give the running back space to operate with you play action it and then Fitzpatrick does a really nice job getting the football to that space kind of like a contested shot in basketball a hand in your face same idea there he had to work around that hand in his face and get the ball to Brita who then turned up and made a nice chunk of yardage after the catch to convert on third down Fitz also had a 60 yard bomb a touchdown pass to Preston Williams again more fine attention to detail he went quick sold a nice ball fake on a double move Igbo jumps the route Williams gets open 
behind him and Fitz fires it for an easy walk-in touchdown. Then he went down the field and greeted Williams for a congratulations on the big touchdown play. He also had my favorite play of the entire day. When he got out on a scramble on a naked boot down around the goal line, he wanted to get the football to Miles Gaskin in the passing game, but the lane opened up so he had to take it all the way for himself, as he did four times last year with four rushing touchdowns on the year. Then he chucks the ball off the face of the building down here in South Florida at the Dolphins training facility and runs up to the window that looks into the cafeteria and hits his fist and helmets his helmet on the glass in celebration. He just cracks me up every time he plays, man. 16 years in the league and he still loves it. In fact, one of our video guys who used to work for the Bucks when Fitz was there told me that they did a thing where they went through each gif of Ryan Fitzpatrick on the internet and had him describe what each one was or what he was doing. So I asked him what Fitz said about the whole wide-eyed celebration after he does run in for a touchdown or gets pumped up here with the Miami Dolphins last season. And Fitz just basically said that when he does that celebration, that's not actually him doing it. That's him being taken over or possessed, if you will, by another life force. So just always being a funny guy, always being a good teammate, always fun to watch on the football field as well. On the topic of Miles Gaskin, if we brought him up here, you heard Flo talk about him and his media availability. He had a nice run and I credited Danny Isadora with a very nice block to get his man out of the gap. I think both Danny and Miles have had some good moments so far here in training camp. Tua had some good moments today as well. Had a couple of touchdowns down in goal line. There was one play where he kind of sprinted out to the side and had to make a decision to kind of come back against the grain and found a second or third option in the passing game there for a nice touchdown. Really good job getting through those. He also found Chester Rogers in the team period, shooting one right down the seam with really good touch timing and ball placement for a big 20, 25-yard gain or so in the team period. Josh Rosen had a very nice third down conversion where he took a stick or he had to stick a ball into a tight window and threw it a little bit low and took his receiver to the ground intentionally which again is a good thing because you throw it up high, you're going to have your receiver get ran right into a huge hit and probably get him killed there. I wrote a note here that I didn't put into context, but let's just go ahead and do it anyways, because why not? I just wrote that Rayquad McMillan, his tackling form is as good as ever. We've made no secrets about how good he is in that area on this podcast. I also took down a note on Isaiah Ford, who had a third down conversion of his own from Fitzpatrick. Ford does so well to come back to the football when you push up field on the route and you work back towards the quarterback to give you a better window for the quarterback. He pushed up on Jamal Perry for 15 yards and broke the route back to the quarterback with an angle to pick up 13 yards on third and 10 for a big first down. Mike Kosicki on top of some big plays in the team period also had one where he caught a short pass on a quick hitter and then had some room to run. One of those plays I would love to see played out in a real life situation but of course in practice we're not going to tackle and hit each other. He's getting vertical and catching them short doing everything in this offense right now. Mike Kosicki looks really good. Eric Rowe got him back later though in the same drill where he did really well to initiate the contact on the press on the bump there and really disrupted the route for Mike. There was a pocket there for Fitz to put the ball, and he did put it in that pocket, but Kasicki couldn't get there because of Rowe's jam. Just off timing a little bit. Great battle between Eric Rowe and Mike Kasicki. I also had a note of Rowe applying that hand-fighting drill in practice where he scraped over the top of a block and put a hit on Howard, Jordan Howard, at the line of scrimmage. Rowe had a few of those today, and I thought Brandon Jones did had one or two as well in that area. Good work from the Dolphins' safeties all around from McCain, Jones, Rowe, and the rest of the boys out there. Another day, another big run for that same guy, Jordan Howard. Same story, man. Patience to let the hole develop. Then he explodes through that hole with physicality. I had Ted Karras and Solomon Kinley at the point opening up that hole. I had Kyle Van Noy with some more nice plays 
on this particular practice. One where he showed, again, that ability to work upfield and flatten that edge. Talk about that as a pass rusher all the time. He can work inside to get the set of the offensive line working inwards. Then he dips that inside shoulder and stays on balance as he pursues the quarterback. We see him do that every single day here. He also had a really nice play where he beat a block from the tight end working towards the backfield on a running play to get a tackle for loss as well. So pass rush and playing the run there for Kyle Van Noy. I had Andrew Van Ginkle in there for a pass breakup at one point on a really nice pass rush move. And I wrote that Bobby McCain is just playing fast and loose. Talk about those safeties. He came over the sideline from the middle of the field and really closed it down to cause an incompletion in the team period. Not a lot of notes on him because he's just getting the job done, but he does flash a time or two every single day in practice. And that's exactly what you want from your safety playing back there. All right, let's go ahead and get to some more audio here. We're going to start first with Austin Jackson. But before we do that, as the official wellness provider and sports medicine provider of the Miami Dolphins, Baptist Health is ready and committed to continue caring for you safely. This pandemic has reminded us that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals character. It's also taught us that our health is truly what matters most. We have the power to protect each other by wearing a mask. So who do you wear a mask for? Mask up South Florida. Keep caring, live healthy, stay strong, and learn more at baptisthealth.net slash coronavirus. We start with Austin Jackson talking about competition so far in training camp. Uh, you know, I'm excited to go out and compete every day. You know, that's kind of the moral of this team. Uh, we look forward to those challenges, and I definitely do myself. And uh, when they come, they'll come. I'm excited about it. I'm glad I get to work every day for it. Jackson just turned 21 earlier this month. You'll hear him talk here about how he turned up for his 21st birthday by getting in the cold tub. Uh, the turn up was in the ice tub after practice. Uh, so I guess not much of one. Uh, you know, my birthday's always felt during camp. So. And then next, Austin talked about the playing in pads portion of practice, kind of having things ratcheted up here a little bit this week, and also going up against Raekwon Davis, who, again, he was the one that took the jersey off of Raekwon Davis and forced Raekwon to go get a plain aqua jersey with no numbers on. Uh, you know, it's been fun just coming out every day and competing. You know, we got great guys on both sides of the line. Uh, you know, I like to get after it. We all like to get after it, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with Austin asking him about how he got himself in shape and what the offseason was like for him this offseason in what was a very strange offseason. My goal really was just, just to, you know, get as strong as I can in my in my core over time. Um, didn't really have any weight goals because we don't. I didn't really know what it looked like yet. So I've just been putting on weight the right way and working. Up next, we had rookie out of Georgia, Solomon Kinley, Dolphins' fourth-round draft pick. He had most of us laughing throughout the course of this presser. Really funny, high-energy guy. Let's go ahead and hear from Solomon Kinley. Um, I, I'm just blessed to be here. I, I appreciate the Miami Dolphins for picking me up. You know, um, like I said, I'm blessed to be here. And uh, like you like you said, every offensive line, every player got something to prove on every day. So, you know, I'm just working at that. I'm trying to get better, and I'm trying to prove myself that I belong where, where I'm at right now. Up next, Solomon answers a question about the veteran leadership in that offensive line room and how some of the guys like Jesse Davis and Ted Karras and others in that room have taught him how to be a professional, not just on the football field, but in every single aspect away from the field, like we heard Coach Flores talk about this morning in his pre-practice presser. Here's Kinley on that. They're just teaching me how to be a pro, man. They're just teaching me how to be a pro. Um, eating right, um, studying the film, writing down all the notes, that's that's need to be done when the coach is talking to me in a meeting, um, making sure um, 30, 45 minutes 
to to meetings early or I got to lift, you know, getting up early, getting my getting my day started. And then I only that teaching me a game of football, like stuff that I that that you most people won't see that I gotta see, you know, just man, Eric stay after practice every day and just work hard and get on get on get better on everything aspect of the game. Here's Solomon talking about the relationship developed between he and his fellow rookie offensive lineman Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt. It's crazy because I think Austin said the other day, could y'all imagine all three of us would have been at the Miami Dolphins at the Combine because at the Combine they split us up into groups. And I was like number 28, Austin was like number 30, and Rod was like number 25. And we was all with each other the whole Combine and Look, God bless us to be in this position that we is now. Like, like I said, those my those my guys, those my boys. I'm glad to play with them. And how about how a big guy at 335 pounds can move around as well as Solomon Kinley does? So I'm watching you move around out there, and you move really well for a guy listed at 339. It's it's really impressive to watch. And I want to go back to your first job as a lifeguard. You've also got an impressive hoops resume. I guess what I want to ask you is, do you attribute that agility to the other sports? And how do you train nowadays to maintain that movement ability? You know, like like you said, being a lifeguard, you know, getting in that water and doing a lot of laps and doing that type of stuff in the off season, it really it, it helps a lot. But a lot of people don't believe that, you know, I, I was a uh, lifeguard. So just using that and just taking the uh, lifeguard and playing basketball, because basketball, you got to move your feet, you got to run up and down the court. You know, that makes you, cause there's a lot of conditioning and all these attributes of Every game, it comes down to playing football. It all comes down to playing the sport that you want to play. So I just buy in and just use all that together. And we'll get more from Solomon about being a lifeguard growing up. But here he's asked about his energy level and how he's such a positive guy and how he maintains that positive mindset. He could be here today. He could be going tomorrow. I'm just, like I said, I'm blessed for the opportunity. And that's how my uh, family, my mom and my dad raised me. So I just, you know, keep a positive attitude because you never know what can happen tomorrow. And he carries that energy over into the swimming pool where he said he challenged some of his teammates in the pool and they learned real quick not to mess with Solomon Kinley when it comes to swimming and getting in the water. We got a, I got in the pool with a few of them before camp even started. And um, when we doing the Zoom call throughout the, uh, throughout the offseason, they was all like, Solomon, you can't swim, you can't do, you can't do this. So we finally got in the pool. I promise you, I would smoke everybody. <laughs> I smoked everybody. It wasn't no challenge between nothing or against anybody. I promise. You can ask anybody on the team. I smoke. I promise. And he doesn't only get it done in the swimming pool. He gets it done when it comes to the entire approach to playing the game so far. Here he's going to talk about the things he's learned from the veterans when it comes to football and technique and just the little things he's learning to fine-tune his game and get better at this level in his rookie season. Small technique stuff like stepping this way when this block is coming putting your hand up on this type of pass pro, make sure your eyes right on the outside backer, you know, those little things in college where it, it, was, it wasn't it was too big, but not in the NFL, that your opponent, they're studying what you're doing every time. They're studying what you're doing every time. So those little things can get you beat. And also you do a little thing that can make you great. And we'll go ahead and finish up with Solomon Kinley on this question from yours truly. Hey Solomon, you've been going up against Raekwon Davis a little bit in practice. You went up against him as w- and as well at Alabama in college. What's that battle been like, and how are you guys kind of learning and helping each other out as pros? He's a stud. He's a stud. Like you said, I've been going against him for three years straight in the SEC. Gets Raekwon. Raekwon is Raekwon. Raekwon is a very good player. He helps me out on certain stuff on the field, and I help him out on certain stuff on the field. And and that just that's just that. 
So we've heard from Austin Jackson. We've heard from Solomon Kinley. Let's finish it up here with an interview with Robert Hunt, Dolphins' second-round draft pick out of Louisiana Lafayette. And he starts off with a question answering how the veterans on this Dolphins' offensive line had helped him grow so far in training camp in his rookie season. Um, it's been very helpful, honestly. Um, you know, E. Flowers and Jesse, all those guys, you know, they come to us separate and they give us little things to work on that they see us that we need to improve on. So, I mean... We're all young. We're working, you know, trying to get better. So uh, those guys just come up to us and they help us with uh, little things. But either if it's post-practice or if it's in meetings, those guys just kind of help us and guide us in the right direction. And Robert can confirm that Solomon Kinley can flat out get it done in the swimming pool, although he throws an excuse in here at the end for why he did, in fact, get smoked by Kinley in a swimming race. Yeah, I think we did race. I think we raced one time. And, um, yeah, he, he got the best of me that time. I think he, because he kind of, the pool is kind of small, so he kind of bumped me out the way, you know, so. That's why he won, if, if, that's the, if that's the rule. But no, he, he actually is really good in the pool, though. And now we hear from Robert about the challenges and differences making the jump from college to the NFL. All, the whole game is faster, you know, but um, taking it day by day, I'm trying to improve on uh, you know all my skills and everything the coaches are trying to help me with, techniques and everything. So, you know, it's, it's nothing is ever easy, you know. So just trying to um, learn this game, learn the pace of this game, and, you know, get better at it. And we talk about versatility on this Dolphins football team all the time. That applies to everybody on the team, offensive line, defensive positions, whatever it is, you name it. Here's Robert Hunt talking about everybody doing cross training on that Dolphins offensive line. Not not, not much, really, because um, all, all of us, we pretty much get cross trained. So we all get work at different spots. So, you know, it's been the same for everybody. Everybody just getting work here, getting work there. So we're just trying to figure this thing out and let the, you know, the best five go out and play and compete. And there he goes, and there we will go as well. That is a wrap from week one here at Dolphins Training Camp. Not going to be with you guys tomorrow, but we'll see you again on Monday. We'll do it all over again. Training Camp podcast recap articles up on MiamiDolphins.com. The Audible, the Fish Tank, we'll have the Blitz, Dolphins Today, everything you need. Miami Dolphins football is here on MiamiDolphins.com on the Drive Time podcast. As for today, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcast from, go ahead and do that. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. And, of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.